you know, Coach Cristobal's big on it. One of the last things he tells the coaches when we, before we leave the, the locker room is, hey, listen, keep teaching, keep teaching, keep teaching, keep teaching throughout the game. And we tell the players, keep, keep learning throughout the game. You know, so it, I think if you put them in that setting, they kind of relax more and they're not as uptight. Today's episode is the third installment with offensive line coach at Miami, Alex Mirabal. Today, we're going to continue our discussion on drills. We'll talk about the language behind fundamentals and techniques and how those work into drills. We'll focus on evaluation and coach thoughts on grading film. And then we'll get into game day and talk about coach's approach and how he handles game day and communication with his players. So enjoy this one, part three, with Coach Alex Mirabal. Coaching is teaching. Right, right. Um, in, in looking at, you know, the drills and looking at the different techniques, yeah. the language. You mentioned you can't just yell it into them. So no. yelling, use your hips, use your hips. Right. That, that might not get the point across. Right. So in looking at how you also develop the coaching cues that go along with these things, what's your thought process on the language you're going to use and then – yeah, how the players learn that as well. You got to paint a picture. Now. You got to paint a picture. You got to paint a picture. Your, your words got to paint a picture. So on our wide zone, if you're covered offensive lineman on wide zone, for example, right, it's going to be backside foot to crotch, backside hand to sternum, head to the play side armpit. Right. If you grabbed any of our guys at Miami right now, or any of the guys that we had at Oregon, and you asked them, hey, on the wide zone, if you're the covered offensive lineman, what's your technique? They're going to go backside foot to crotch, backside hand to sternum, head to the play side armpit. And I don't say other things. That's what I say. Okay, if you're uncovered, what do you got? They'll say, Coach, speed to the crease. And it, they go, Coach, speed to the crease. I said, it's a three-step decision. And they'll say, Coach, knock it over, take it over, climb. And when I'm on the field, I'll, I'll say, hey, speed to the crease. And they'll say, knock it over, take it over, climb. Repetition is the mother of learning, right? So mm-hmm. my words should be able to paint a picture for you. And they know. So there are certain things, right? If we use a certain technique, uh, they'll know. I'll go inside foot, outside foot, double under. Boom, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Inside foot, outside foot, double under, right? And it's just little things that are trigger words, right? That if you grab me right now, Keith, Keith, you can call me tomorrow. I'm going to tell you the same thing. You grab one of our offensive linemen, and they should sound the way I sound. Yeah, they should say, they should talk the way I talk. And that's, important and you talk to our o-line graduate assistant he better talk the way i talk and you talk to coach cristobal and coach cristobal and i verbiage stuff the same way coach cristobal our o-line ga myself our o-line annos we can't be talking four different languages to our guys right so we all have the same verbiage and that's kind of what we do but it's, it's just buzzwords it's buzzwords it's terminology like you tell our guys speak to the crease and it it paints up that paints a picture for them if I talk to you, Keith, you walk into if you're one of our offensive linemen, and I say, "Hey, he's a heavy three. What does that mean, Coach? That means he's got his inside hand right through the crotch of the guard. Now, it might not mean something to you if you're the in in the Cincinnati Bengals old line room. It might not mean something to you if you're in the University of Houston old line room, but it means something to us at the University of Miami. And I think that's what's important. You have stuff that you believe in, and and it all starts again in the classroom. And when I'm watching film with our guys, I'll, I'll say, hey, Ja'Kai, what are you doing here? Coach, backside foot to crotch, backside hand to sternum, head to the place. And I make them spit that stuff out. Mm-hmm. You know, and I make them spit out their line of scrimmage calls. 
in the O-line room, just like I do when they're out on the field. The same stuff. Your words, your terminology should paint a picture for them. So, hey, we're going to use Crowder technique right here. Crowder technique for our guys is exactly, they should have a picture of them doing a Crowder sled on that D lineman, right? Angle drive for us. Mm -hmm. If one of our off of the tackles or guards or centers hears angle drive, they know I'm going to put my face in the window and I'm going to use double under. Well, what's the window? The window is the armpit of the adjacent O-lineman. Okay, coach, why are we using double under? We're using double under so we don't shove off the covered offensive alignment. So it's just philosophies and techniques and fundamentals and beliefs that we have that we share with our players and they become their techniques, their fundamentals and their beliefs as well. Along those lines of, of the language and, you know, I really feel uh, something that doesn't get mentioned in enough, we talk about building culture all the time, and I see all these culture talks, and they're great, but I feel like evaluation and feedback can make or break your culture. It, as a coach, your role in that is so important. What's the, the key for you to be able to give feedback, to evaluate and give feedback that produces a positive change in performance, really growth in that individual? You know what? It's constant, it's ever-evolving, and it's always. You know, it, it, it starts in, like, I don't want to hear myself in the O-line room. In the O-line room, every play, every single play, every clip that we watch in the offensive line room is, okay, Lawrence, Lawrence is one of our centers. Lawrence, what's the front? Even front, what's your call? Single 45, boom. And then I'll say, okay, Jim, Bob, what's your call here? Hey, we're going to go B-throw 22. So it's constant feedback hey no Lawrence that that ain't that call it's not four down why is it odd boom so just constantly providing them with critique every every play should be critiqued every play should be critiqued on the field and off the field I mean I'm not talking about a dissertation Mm -hmm. every play should be critiqued and that's how we do it and with that constant feedback you're going to get growth when I was with Doc Holliday he used to say hey nothing's going to change unless you change but just constant feedback and, and constantly putting them in, in those scenarios that they're going to see on the field. With the evaluation part of it, do you have a formal process or tool for evaluating a practice or a game? You know what? I hate grading. I hate it. Hated it as a teacher. And I hated it. I hate it now. I, yeah, I hate it. Hate it. Don't, I, don't, I don't like it because I think then grading becomes more important than the teaching part of it. And to me, so what I like to be able to critique them and say, hey, 70, you need to put your hat in the window. Or 53, you need to use inside footwork here. I'd rather provide them with, with like verbal analysis and stuff like that than, than hey, plus minus. What, is, what the hell does plus minus plus tell me? Right. It doesn't tell me nothing. It doesn't tell me nothing. Now, do we do it? Do we grade them after a game? Yeah, we do because we have to and our you know, head coach wants to and all that stuff. I got it. But I would rather to just provide them with to the center. Hey, listen, you should have made this call here. You know, not, not minus, minus, plus, you know, whatever. So to me, I get more lost in being able to provide them with feedback on, hey, you use this technique, but you should rather use this technique. So a lot of times mm-hmm. I, I let our GA and our analysts grade them. And what I do is I provide them with comments on every play so to me I, w- I would rather do that I would much rather do that than, than grade them because at the end of the day 
at the end of the day, right, we had Panay Sewell at left tackle at Oregon, for instance, right? If Panay Sewell graded out against Auburn at 62%, guess what? Panay Sewell is still going to start the next game. All right. It would, it, it would be a lot better for me and for Panay if I were to provide Panay with, hey, Panay, you got to stop false stepping. Or Panay, you know what? You need to jump set this guy when he's this. And so to me, I mean, we have a, we have a quarterback, Tyler Van Dyke, right? Is it more important for him to get, hey, you scored a 79% against Bethune-Cookman, or is it more important for him to get an analysis and feedback on, and it was, oh, well, you should be able to do both. Yeah, how many hours do you have in a damn day? You know, because I've got to grade that, and i got to move on to the next opponent. So, but to me, you're coaching the Dallas Cowboys. You've got Tyron Smith. He's going to be your starter the next game, too, <laughs> you know? So right. you're better off, in my opinion, finding a way to be able to provide them with feedback on each play because that's what they want because that's what they want and when i'm able to do that when i'm able to type that above the comments on their practice clips and stuff like that they immediately go hey coach what did you mean by this hey you know as opposed to when you give them their grades they just fold it up and put it in their in their pocket so i try to provide them with technique comments if we have a play and let's say two guys do something and three guys do something else and they're not on the same page, I'll put five, five men, one mind minus or failure. You know what I'm saying? And, and that to me, that, that kind of hits them in the face a lot more than minus, minus, minus. Right. As a coach, I always loved that first meeting of the week, right? We yeah sat down, we planned all this. These are the things we were focused on, et cetera. And, and, giving that to the players. What's your first classroom session of the week like? It's your first impression on the next opponent. You should provide them, in my opinion, you should provide them with, hey, this is the, this is the thing that they do that is different, that we have not seen, right? And this is how we're going to attack it. You know, and this is how we're going to attack it. But I think when, you, when you, you provide them, hey, listen, you know, these guys are playing heavy techniques and we're going to need to double under gallop. And you see all these teams are trying to crowd their angle drive and they're getting split. Their double teams are getting split. Man, I'm telling you, man, we go, we go, we go double under Gallup. We're going to move these jokers. You want to provide them with, hey, this is what these guys are doing. Okay, that's different. This is how we got to attack it. And then also, hey, this is how we're going to have success blocking them. You know, because you want to start in, instilling that confidence from the jump, from day one. In looking at preparation for you, are you thinking ahead of potential adjustments and how much of that maybe gets passed along to your players in the week? Or is it, hey, we might need to do this? You know what? I don't like to play the what if game, you know, because I think you confuse them. I don't, I don't want to play what if they do this. I mean, if, if they've shown it, then yeah, you've got you to gotta cover it. But I don't want to play the what if game if I don't have any visual evidence of it, if that makes sense. Yes. Don't make them panic when there's nothing to panic about. You know, and I think sometimes as coaches, we chase ghosts, right? Don't chase ghosts. Yeah. Don't chase ghosts if the ghosts don't exist. You know, if they do exist, if they do exist, then, then obviously you've got to bring it up and you've got you to go over it. But if they don't exist, then don't bring them up. And I think that's where a lot of times us as coaches, we scare these guys into, hey, coach, what if they do this? Well, guess what? They haven't done it in 10 games. They're probably not going to do it game 11, you know? So I try to make sure that we ch- we're chasing things that we're actually going to see or that we're seeing 
not things that we might see. We talked about the classroom and practice and, and all that stuff. That's the class. That's the learning. Game day essentially becomes the test. So as a, a coach, what's your game day demeanor? What, what do you feel you have to do as their teacher to be able to make sure they're passing that test, that they're succeeding? They need to know that I have their back. They need to know that I'm supporting them. You know, I don't, I'm, I'm always on line B, so I'm never, ever, ever with the offensive coordinator. If the offensive coordinator needs me, he'll chime in. He'll chime in or ask me, hey, Alex, what do you think? So what I do is I'll take the guys that are closest to me. I try to, I try to keep it as much as what I do during, during a week of practice. Mm-hmm. During a week of practice, if we were practicing today, I would tell the O-line, Jay, hey, you got the left side, I got the right side. And then the next drill, I'll say, hey, I got the left side, you got the right side, whatever. But that's how we do it, right? In practice, we're looking at are we making the right calls, technique fundamentals, right? So in the game, I'll take the near sideline. I'll take the guys closest to me, and I'll have the RO line J who's upstairs. He'll take the guys furthest away from me, right? And I'll tell him, hey, I'll hear in the headset, hey, we're running inside zone. And I'll tell him, hey, let me know what kind of double teams we're having to do, right? While I'm looking at the play side. And so – what I'm doing is I'm trying to provide them with technique and fundamental feedback is what I'm trying to do. You know, I'm trying to keep them as much in the constantly teaching and learning where I'm constantly teaching and they're constantly learning all the way to and through the game. So that's really what I try to do. I try to just continue to, to play all of a sudden it's game day. Don't change. You know what I'm saying? Kind of deal. Right. And right. kind of what I do and how I do it, same kind of way that we do it in practice. And then when they come off to the sideline, it's, it's you want to coach in sound bites. You want to coach in the same things. You shouldn't have to use a. I, I, I always get a kick out of all these guys with all these chalkboards on the sideline. You don't have a chalkboard on the sideline at practice. What the hell are you drawing up? Mm-hmm. What the hell are you drawing up? You should be able to. And, and with the way that we are nowadays with, with verbiage and communication and stuff like that, we should be able to provide them with, hey, listen, you guys need to be implementing these double teams instead of, and when I say it, like if I say B, if I say a B or a B throw, that means something to our guys. That paints a picture for them. Mm-hmm. You know, right. hey, hey, listen, you guys beat that. You shouldn't beat that. B throw that thing. And immediately it provides them with a picture of, of what, and I don't think you need to draw that up on the board in order to do that. I wish, I wish that we could use, you know, iPads and stuff like that on the sideline. We, we're not allowed to. Because then yeah. maybe I would probably change that. I, w- I would probably change because I could show actual video. As far as drawing stuff up, and I don't find myself using the chalkboard a lot at all on the sideline. Yeah, I did use an iPad in practice, and it was it was amazing. And I did have some of the instant replay. College level, couldn't use it in game. But the feedback there was incredible. Yeah, so I wish we could. You might want to take a look at that in the future. Well, I guess we could in practice. I yeah, practice. Played. Yeah, but we're not allowed I, to in the games, you know, which is crazy. Cause, yeah, exactly. Cause they they can in the NFL, and right. and and hell, high schools down here in Florida, the high schools in Texas, they all use them, but we're not allowed to use them. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would hope they change because if they did, I would definitely use them. I would definitely use them. The only reason I wouldn't use them in practice maybe is because we go so damn fast in practice. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I don't know right. if I'd have time to do it, but I would be a complete. I would be a complete proponent of being able to use the iPads on the sideline and stuff like that, you know? Uh, so, yeah. but yeah, so in, in, um, you know, coach Cristobal is big on it. One of the last things he tells the coaches when we, before we leave the, the locker room is, Hey, listen, keep teaching, keep teaching, keep teaching, keep teaching throughout the game. And yeah. we tell the players, keep, keep learning throughout the game. 
So if, I think if you put them in that setting, they kind of relax more and they're not as uptight. So if, pra- yeah, if, if everybody says if, if, if a game should be like practice or a practice should be like a game, then, then let's not, let's not say it, but then all of a sudden treat it differently when it comes actually to game day, you know? Yes. Well, coach, last question. This has been yes, incredible. The amount of detail you share with us here today, but looking at what you do as a coach on or off the field, what's the one thing you'd say that you do that really gives your players the winning edge? Oh man, that's a, that's a good one. You know what? Believe in them. I believe in them. I believe in them. And, and if I believe in them, then they're going to believe in themselves, you know, and at the end of the day, you better, if, if they don't believe in themselves, then you got no shot. And so they need to believe in me. I need to believe in them. We need to believe in each other. And we're, we're going to push forward in that manner. You know, so it, how, how are you going to get them to believe in themselves? You know, how are you going to get them? If you have a, a, a great player, how are you going to get them to be a Hall of Fame guy? If you got a good player, how are you going to be, get them to be great? If you got an average player, how are you going to get them to be good? And I think when you do that, they'll, they'll believe in themselves and then they'll believe in you. And once they believe in you, them jokers will do anything in the world for you. You know that. Coach, what's the best way for our listeners to connect with you? Twitter. It's Coach Mirabal. And they can reach out to me. I'm very accessible. Keith, you got my number. If anybody wants to reach out to you and, and get my number from you, they can. Because I'm, I'm all about making this profession, especially the offensive line play, better. And the one thing, Keith, is, you know, I, I, sometimes I'm hoping during this podcast I didn't kind of ramble on. But there's a, there's a lot of years of me acquiring stuff. But it's, it's going to take time for guys. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I say don't drink out of the fire hose. Drink a little, you know, slowly but surely gain your knowledge. You know, ask your questions. Believe in what you believe in. And most importantly, get the players to believe in what you believe in. And I, I love the, – the one thing I love is I love doing a thing like you just did with – I did with you, Keith, because it makes me think. You know, and if, if you ask me questions – if you ask me stuff about technique, fundamentals, drills, and stuff like that, and I can't answer it, like, off the top of my head, and I can't answer it, you know, bam, then, then man, I need to reassess myself. You know what I'm saying? So I love doing this kind of stuff because it keeps me fresh. It keeps me on my toes. It keeps me at the forefront of having to teach. And I think as many times as I can teach, that's one more rep that I get better as a coach and as a teacher, you know? So I, I welcome all that yes. stuff. I welcome – when recruits want to talk football, I welcome when coaches want to call and ask me a question because it makes me think through stuff. It makes me reassess stuff. And it makes me, more, more importantly than all that, it makes me have to kind of uh, verbalize it better. Absolutely. Well, Coach, I really appreciate you taking time during your free vacation. You know what? I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity and the time. And, and you know what, like I said, Keith, I think the most important thing is, is this, what works for us is right because it works for us at Miami. You know, it doesn't mean it's not going to, it doesn't mean it's right for other people, but it, it's, it's right for us. And uh, I think that's also important that as a coach, you find out what works for you, what works for you, what works for your, your offensive system and, and believe in it and teach it and, 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 and go forward. And if I could ever be of any help to anybody in the offensive line coaching profession or in, in, heck in the football profession at all please don't hesitate to reach out so there you have it our conversation with coach Mirabal and all the different things he does from A to Z and how he coaches the offensive line there were a ton of takeaways in this one 
as I mentioned before, you can get his talk where he goes over the Gallup technique and some of the other drills that he uses, like Crowther, from the Cool Clinic in 2021. I'll put the link to that one in the show notes, as well as links to other related material. Follow all we're doing at coachandcoordinator.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.